Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Amen. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, right. holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. One long sentence, verses 14 through 16, beginning with the commandment, do all things without murmurings and disputings. If we were to live without murmurings and disputings, we would be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. That means we would be faultless. If we could do things without these two problems that crop up in the lives of saints, we're living in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, and we are supposed to be lights in the world. And if we fail in these things, then in Paul's opinion, he's run in vain and he's labored in vain because he spoke these words to a church at Philippi that if they were to be murmuring and disputing, then they would be wasting the grace of God that had been spent upon them in his ministry. Right. Do all things without murmurings. I want to deal with the word murmurings tonight. There has never been a people in the history of this world, even close to us in all the blessings that we enjoy. None. None, not in the Bible times, not in Old Testament times, not in New Testament times. We are blessed above all peoples of the earth. On how we measure those blessings, it doesn't matter because we're still going to be the most blessed. Right. If you measure it spiritually, we're far more blessed than anyone in the Old Testament. All the prophets combined wish would wish that they could sit in this assembly and have the understanding that we have of Jesus Christ. Materially, no nations ever approached us. Peace and prosperity, security and strength, we have it all. We have such a pampered lifestyle with such prosperity, and yet there are some who complain and murmur and whine all the time. You can hardly ever have a joyful conversation with them where they're bringing up happy things. They're being thankful. They're showing their joy. And this is a condemnation of that kind of an attitude. Do all things, not just good things, not just prosperous things, not just pleasant things, but do all things without murmurings and disputings. I don't want to work with the word disputings tonight. I want to go after murmurings because we have been more blessed than anyone. Therefore, there shouldn't be any murmuring coming from us, especially since we're supposed to be the blameless and harmless sons of God without rebuke as lights in the world, the true children of God. We should be most thankful and not complainers or whiners. Yet... I don't think any of us are as thankful as we should be. Right. Some have a greater problem with this than others. But can, we, can any of us say that we couldn't be more thankful? Could any of us say that we don't murmur at times? Nope. Do all things without murmurings. Do you know what the Bible tells us? It tells us that in the last days, perilous times will come. 
Do you know what perilous times are? Is it Afghanistan? Is it uh, terrorists from Afghanistan sending planes in the World Trade Center? No. Nothing perilous about that. No. I mean, more people have died on our highways since that happened than died in that accident. <clears throat> Unthankful is a characteristic of perilous times in the last days. What happened in New York was horrible. I'm never trying to undo that, but I want to keep you remembering it in the specter of human history. It was a small event. But what I am trying to say is that the perilous times that we ought to fear is a generation of unthankful people and not unthankful worldlings, unthankful Christians. Because 2 Timothy chapter 3 is not talking about the world. It's talking about the decayed state of Christianity where they would have a form of godliness but deny the authority thereof. And the authority is do all things without murmurings. We'd be unthankful. Then I think of Romans chapter 1 that tells us where sodomy came from. Do you know why some men are sodomites? Because they were unthankful. It is not because their mommy wore the pants in the house. It's not because they read too many nursery rhymes as children. It's not because they had a poor gene combination. It's because God is judging our nation for being unthankful. Romans chapter 1 tells us that very plainly. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Therefore, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That is where sodomy came from. That is why a man wants to take another man in a sexual relationship. And even the women will burn their lust toward each other when God turns people over to a perverse mind because they were unthankful. That's how serious it is. The word murmur means to the expression of discontent or anger by complaining, grumbling or repining, grumbling. Well, this didn't go right. Well, that didn't go right. Well, this happened to me. Forget it all. Forget it. There's too many blessings. And we're not supposed to talk about the things that we didn't like. Do all things without murmurings. We're to be thankful and cheerful and happy about all the things that God gives us. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you want to know what God's will is for your life? To be thankful in everything. And we of all people should be thankful. And we're not as thankful as we should be. To complain means to give expression to sorrow or suffering. Do you know what it really means to complain? To tell me about something you didn't like. To tell your family about something you didn't like. That's the definition of complain. To give expression to sorrow or suffering. The expression of suffering passing into grievance and blame. To give expression of feelings of ill usage, dissatisfaction, or discontentment. To murmur. See, there's our words. These are the words the Bible uses. Complain and murmur. To give, to say that you didn't like something. To tell me about something bad in your life to tell your family something bad in your life, to tell your spouse, to tell the people you work with. Do all things without murmurings. You say, is it really that strict? 
Why do you want to talk about the negative? There isn't any negative. Give me your jobs. I'll take any job in this assembly and build it up to an exalted position simply by comparing it to what most men have had to do for the last 6,000 years of this world's history to make a living to barely survive with their family. Right, amen. 40 hours a week. When was that ever called a job? 50 hours a week. That's what I meant when I said there is nothing to complain about. Because if we have the right perspective on everything in our lives, it, we are blessed. We are blessed abundantly. The commandment is here in Philippians chapter 2. The commandment is a verse that I've already read that we are to give thanks in everything in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm addressing you in the same way that I hope that every father will address their families and not allow any belly aching or complaining or whining or grumbling or murmuring to go on in their homes. Now this morning, I taught you that we ought to be trees of life. And I want to be a tree of life to you because I'm going to give you something that will bless your life. Stop complaining. Amen. Start thanking. You'll be a whole lot happier for it, and everyone will love you more. Right. And you will immediately increase in friends. If you'll just start giving thanks instead of complaining. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. You've heard this verse from me before. God in... Deuteronomy 28 through Moses is telling Israel, you do these things and I will bless you. You do this set of things and I will judge you. And we come to verse 47. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, because you wouldn't be thankful, because you wanted to complain and murmur, even though I gave you the abundance of all things, because you didn't want to be joyful, Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. That's what God thinks of us not being joyful. He's, listen, these people, where'd they get their water from? When they had it, yeah, well, sometimes they got it from a rock. The rest of the time they were carrying it in animals' bags. Bags made out of animal skins. Where'd they get their water? How'd they take a shower? Do you want to just deal with water? When, how did they get a cold drink? I mean a cold drink on a hot day. Just water. How did they get hot water? What did they have to do to get hot water? What kind of water was it? Could you always drink the water? Just water. Could they ever turn their water into a solid called ice? How much work did it take to turn their water into steam called a gas? Did it take longer than our microwave? Amen. How fast can I burn you with a cup of water in a microwave? Not very long. We are so blessed. Just thinking about water. Right. I could talk about water for quite a while. Water. 
What did they have? Did they have water to wash away their bodily refuse? We push a little silver button and it disappears. Water comes from somewhere. Yes, I know how it works. Not very much, but water comes from somewhere. I, my dad fixes it. Water comes from somewhere and takes it away. We push a little silver button. Water comes from somewhere, takes it away, far away, underground. You had to have a shovel on the end of your weapon. You had a spear on one end of your staff and a shovel on the other because God said he didn't want to walk through Israel and find any bodily excrement in that camp. It was an abomination to him. So you had to dig a hole all the time. We're still talking about water. Do you just step in the shower and turn it on? Do you, if you want it at 70, can you have it at 70? If you want it at 110, can you have it at 110? If you want to just stand there and sing and enjoy it, can you do that? It's incredible. What if you want to fill a bathtub with it? Do you have to go haul it and heat it? Water. What a blessing. The abundance of all things. And he said that he gave Israel the abundance of all things. And we're talking about water. He didn't give them anything compared to what he's given us. Right. Pick anything you want. You want to go to Publix this evening after church and take a look at the meat counter and visualize a meat counter in the Middle East in 1500 B.C.? We've talked about some of these things before. We are blessed abundantly. Right. Those are natural blessings. Look at our nation. When was the last time we had a war fought on our soil? How long did Israel go without a war fought on their soil? How many wars were fought on their soil? Say it. All wars were fought on their soil. Because Israel didn't go off their soil to fight anyone because they were never commanded to go anywhere and fight anyone. All their battles were on their soil. Their cities were besieged often, frequently. We have been blessed abundantly. Right. We have nothing to complain about. By, by, by any measure, any measure that you want to pick, by that measure, pick the poorest person in the congregation by that measure. That person is still living an incredibly pampered and prosperous life compared to the vast majority of men that have lived in the history of this world. Right. We are so blessed. And yet I fear that we complain and grumble and I hear it and I don't want to hear it. And because of what I taught this morning, coupled with what I taught tonight, and I didn't teach tonight just for this morning because I want us to be pressing and pushing all of us toward righteousness. Don't let anyone complain anymore. Right. Cut them off. Amen. Tell them, stop complaining. I don't need to hear about that. Tell me something you're thankful for. Amen. What if we were all to do that? We'd be brighter shining lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation right. without rebuke as the sons of God. Amen. And I want us to be that. Right. And fathers, do not let your children complain. If you give them something they don't like to eat that much for supper, make them be thankful for it anyway. Right. If you want to make them very thankful for it, don't feed them for a day or two, then serve them the same thing. Thanksgiving. I love this verse. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, he'll crush us. He'll crush us. 
I will put a yoke of iron upon your neck until I have destroyed thee. Joyfulness and gladness of heart. Let's be joyful and let's be glad in all things at all times. We're forbidden to murmur and complain not only by the commandment in Philippians chapter 2, but by all the positive commandments to be thankful all the time and to be contented. Amen. Let's look at a couple of examples. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. The Lord is very serious about this matter. I do not blow anything out of proportion to the word of God. You just saw, saw what I read. He told Israel, if you're thankful, I'll bless you abundantly. But if you're not thankful and you don't have a joyful heart and, and glad heart all the time, I will put a yoke of iron on your neck and crush you. I will take your clothes away so you're naked. I'll take your food away so you're starving. I'll take your water away so that you're thirsty. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Here's why the Old Testament was written. Now these things were our examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. We're in the last time. We're in the ends of the world because the time of Jesus Christ and his spiritual kingdom is the last times. It's the end of the world. Right. It's the last thing that there's going to be. We have the everlasting kingdom that's here to stay. Jesus Christ is coming. The earth and heaven are going to be altered, but this is the last times. But notice why the Old Testament was written. It was written for an example for us not to do what they did so we won't suffer the judgments that they suffered. Verse 10, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. They complained about their situation in Israel. And so the Lord pounded them. Look at Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Some of you were born to parents that have never been thankful. They're always complaining. Therefore, you have a tendency to not be thankful, but to complain. So that means you've got a harder road to hoe on this particular area, in this particular area. But let's all help one another. The purpose is not to criticize and to pick on one another. The purpose is let's all help one another. If we're all thankful and we never complain, we're all going to improve in this category. Amen. And I want us all to improve, including your pastor. I don't think that there's anyone in here that can think of more negative reasons about any subject faster than your, parent, than your pastor can. I'll think of 20 reasons why something stinks while you're still working on number three. And it's wrong. And I'm admitting it. And I don't want to be like that. Because the Bible tells me not to be that way. I don't have to wonder what the will of God is in this matter. It's in everything give thanks. Right. And that's what I want to do. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. Look at this verse. Listen to it. 
And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Shouldn't that be enough for all of us? And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. Now, could they see the Lord? Did they know that his ear was there? No. You're thinking you're in the privacy of your house, and you're going to complain to your spouse. You're going to complain to your kids. You're going to complain at the dinner table. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. The camp of Israel is probably covering a couple square miles of ground, and they, the people start complaining. And God hears it, and he gets angry, and he sends his fire. And the fire starts to burn all the extremities of the camp. It looks like a cookie that's been left too long in the oven. The edges of it all around are turning black because the Lord's fire is burning among the Israelites. This is an important matter for us not to complain, but for us to be thankful. And what were they complaining about? Because they didn't have the same diet that they had back in Egypt. Mm -hmm. They wanted meat. Did God give them meat? Did he give them enough meat? Did he give them too much meat? And when the meat fell three feet deep, as far as you could walk in a day, in every direction, solid meat, that's a lot of meat. I know we got a protein problem in America, but that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. They didn't give thanks. They went out and grabbed it and started heaping it up in, in piles the size of pyramids. And they started eating on that without giving God thanks, and so he killed them again in another batch. That's in Numbers chapter 11. They weren't thankful. Look at Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. God gave them a land of plenty. Right. A land flowing with milk and honey where the cities were already built, the wells already dug, and the vineyards already planted mature. So mature that it would take two men with a staff between them to carry a cluster of grapes back to Israel. That's a mature vineyard. All of that made for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, but they didn't want to take it because they saw some big guys in there. They had just defeated the most powerful nation on earth known at that time. That was the nation of Egypt by God's mighty hand, destroying that nation. Before God destroyed it, the nation of Egypt had given Israel all of their wealth by putting it in their hands and saying, please leave us alone. God had shown his power, but they didn't think he could take the land of Canaan. It was only a few months after leaving Egypt. They wouldn't take the land of Canaan. And they complained, would to God that we were back in Egypt instead of dying out here in the wilderness. God says, Moses, stand back and let me take care of these people and I'll make a new nation out of you. Moses intercedes on their behalf and begs for their lives and says, if the Egyptians hear about this, they will look at you as a God that couldn't get your people to any place but out in the desert. And the Lord said, okay, I'm speaking for your understanding. I hear your point. I won't kill them all today. I'm going to make them wander around in circles in the wilderness for 40 years until I kill them all. And you know what? As soon as he finished that sentence, the 10 spies that hadn't given a good report they fell dead right right then. But Caleb and Joshua lived still. What was the difference between Caleb and Joshua and the rest of that nation? 
a murmuring and complaining spirit. Caleb and Joshua were the only two that made it in the land of Canaan. The rest died in the wilderness except those 20 years of age and under. All the adults complained and did not believe. They were not thankful. It's called murmuring. Right. Here in Numbers chapter 14, verse 27, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? Numbers 14, 27. You can read this whole section here. The last half of chapter 13, the whole chapter of 14, is about their complaining and God's judgment upon them. And do you know what that is called? That day is an important day in the history of Israel. It's referenced in Psalm 95, and it's referenced in Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. It's called the day of provocation. Provocation because they provoked God and provoked Him to such anger because they were complaining about His incredible gifts to them. He gave them a nation made to their hands. All they had to do was walk in and take possession of everything. The fields, the flocks, the wells, the vineyards, the houses, and the walled cities. How hard did they work for Jericho? Now that didn't have very high walls when God got done with it. But the other cities, he could have left the walls. He would have left the walls. How about number 16? What's the complaint here? Number 16, Korah and some other men, princes of Israel, complain about Moses and Aaron. They don't like their leadership. So what does God do to them? The earth opens up her mouth and swallows them alive and all that pertain to them. Then the earth closes back up. Did the people learn a lesson about being thankful? No, at the end of that day they complained that God was going to kill them all. Well, he got going, he started on it. Numbers chapter 17. Well, let, before you get to 17, look at 16, 46. Numbers 16, 46. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. Because they were complaining again Verse 41, the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. The earth opens her mouth and does a new thing, swallowing men alive, and the people the same day, or the next day, complain and murmur against God and Moses for having killed the people of the Lord. They did not learn the lesson. I wonder if this lesson will be learned from the simple word of God. Let's not complain or murmur or gripe or grumble or whine let's be thankful for all things and so God had each tribe bring forth a rod and prove that Levi was the tribe he had chosen to lead the people of Israel three great examples in the book of Numbers Numbers 11 Numbers 14 and Numbers 16 three great events that we ought to remember the first one being the quail they complained about meat and the fire of God burnt among them. The second one is the spies when they saw Canaan and the people didn't take it, but they complained. And how God killed every single adult from the age of 20 on up over the next 40 years. That is how serious it is to God when we complain and do not do and are not thankful for the gifts he gives us because Canaan was a gift. They were slaves in Egypt and here they were going to be given the land of Canaan. 
Turning your Bibles to Jude, where we can see a prophecy of people like this creeping into the churches of Christ. The little book of Jude, the next to last book in your Bible. We could have called what we did on Wednesday a feast of charity. It wasn't far off at all from what a feast of charity was. He listened to the words. Jude, beginning at verse 12. These are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. Carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth. Without fruit. Twice dead. Plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Look at the description of the, of the character of these people. Right. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Look at this warning. Enoch prophesied of it way back seven generations from Adam, and Jude picks it up in the New Testament and warns us here, that within our feasts of charity, within the churches of Jesus Christ, men will come along who are reserved for hell. They're wandering stars to whom is reserved the mist of, the, of darkness forever. And a characteristic of them is being murmurers and complainers. Let us make sure that we have no stain or spot of being murmurers or complainers ourselves. Amen. How do we stop complaining? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Amen. We believe in the sovereignty of God. Therefore, everything that is out of your control is in whose control? Lord, it's in God's control. That means that whatever happens that is out of your control, and even when it is in your con you think it's in your control, <laughs> he is overseeing that event to try you, right. uh, see how thankful you'll be and to see whether you'll complain and murmur or not. Why did they go without water for a little while in their trek out of Egypt? Could he have provided a river of water wherever they went? Should he? Oh, that wouldn't build anyone's character, would it? We need to have some things go wrong to have character built. To grow in grace, we need a trial of our faith. And so all of these events, and you know, I've used simple little events before, that when you see a red light ahead of you and it turns green and a stream of cars get through, but it turns yellow and then red before you can get through it, instead of pounding the steering wheel, and I'm as quick to do that as anyone here, I can be, let's not complain because God made that choice of timing that there would be those vehicles in front of us. Right. God made that choice. And what are you in a hurry for? You're getting to the grave fast enough, aren't you? Slow down. Let's not complain or murmur. 
And we, we do that about so many things. Is this all we have for supper? Is this all we get? Is manna? Trusting the sovereign providence of God. Whatever we have in our lives is by God's sovereign choice. Your job, your height, your intelligence, your food, this country, the present status of your bills, everything is God trying your faith. You say, well, part of it's because I've been stupid. Well, that's in his control too because he could have given you greater wisdom. But all of the circumstances I'm, all the circumstances at a certain point in your life are by God's design to try us. Amen. God knew what those 12 spies were going to find over there in Canaan. But how did they, how did they handle that is the key. And events are going to happen to us tonight and tomorrow that are going to try us. Can we stop complaining and murmuring and be thankful instead? Right. If we make Thanksgiving a habit in our lives it'll replace all that time that we're complaining. And so let's make it a habit. Can we have the spirit of the psalmist in Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let me not forget all His benefits. And if we're thankful all the time for all His benefits, we won't be thinking about complaining. Proverbs 15, 15 says this, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. What a verse. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. There's a couple ways to interpret the verse, but the bottom line's the same. It's your perspective from your heart that changes everything. If you have a merry heart... In verse Proverbs 15, 15, He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Even if you're being afflicted, you can have a feast. Right. Or the verse is teaching us that those people that are negative are afflicted every day of their lives because they choose to be afflicted because all they can see are the negative things. But a person that has a merry heart has a continual feast. So it's a matter of perspective. And you know, brethren, when we set our affection on things above, those things never dull, and they never go away, and they never change. And therefore, we can always have a continual feast, because the things above do not change. And if we're afflicted here, who cares? We're only here for a little while. I need you to help me do this better. I am trying to help you do this better. Let's all help one another, in the light of this morning's sermon, do this better. Not complain, not murmur, always be thankful. Don't ever bring up a negative thing. Why are you bringing it up? Is it helping me? Is it helping you? Is it helping anyone around you? Is it bringing praise to God? Why in the world are you mentioning it? It's an evil habit from the devil. And let's get rid of it. Let's thank the Lord at all times. Right. Another thing is what I've already done, and that's to compare ourselves to anyone else who's ever lived. Consider what you should be or what others are suffering to be thankful. If you think you're suffering, think about what you should be suffering. We should be in hell. Right. Therefore, from that bottom line, everything is good. Amen. Even if we're in a hospital with cancer, it is good. We've heard the truth, and we know whom we have believed. And we're persuaded that he's able to keep that which we've committed 
unto him against that day. If you have to complain for some true spiritual pain, then go to the Lord and complain righteously. And if you need help, it's Psalm 77 and Psalm 142. You can go read them and you can see David, how he complained in a godly and righteous way. But don't bother us and drag us down with it. Why don't you praise the Lord? You might be surprised that 99 times your spiritual pain will go away if you'd start praising the Lord and being thankful for the things he's already given you. Brethren, this morning we read 1 Thessalonians 5.14. I beseech you and exhort you, brethren, warn the unruly. Let's all warn each other and check each other and stop each other from complaining or grumbling or murmuring about things. Let's push each other, which is to provoke one another, to be thankful and to give thanks all the time. Now, if you're thankful inside, that isn't good enough. In everything, give thanks. The Lord considers thanksgiving from our lips to be a sacrifice of praise to Him. So it's got to get out. If you're thankful and you tell me that you're thankful, but we never hear about it, that's hard to believe. So let's get it out and express our thoughts of thankfulness. Let us be known as the most thankful and joyful people on earth. Let this be the most thankful and joyful congregation that there is. And let's help each other achieve this goal. And let's teach our children to be thankful for everything. Don't let them complain in your home about anything. Make them be thankful all the time for something. Make your children think of things to be thankful for because there's so many. And we better be thankful for the abundance of all things and serve our Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart or he's going to put a yoke of iron upon our neck in some way, shape, or form until he destroy us. This is the word of the Lord. May the Lord bless us to help one another be more thankful and not complain and murmur.